welcome to the Demand Access Retro and Destiny podcast. I'm your host, Will Levitin, and we're here to write our own destiny. Thank you for coming to listen and watch today's episode. Today's episode is going to be special for y'all, so grab your notebooks, your pen, and pencil, and listen, because we have a successful coach, a successful trainer on today. Let's see who it is. Welcome to the Demand Access podcast, Write Your Own Destiny. We're here with episode two, and today we have a special guest. I mean, this man is amazing. He's helped me out in my journey to become a scholarship player. I've watched all his videos, check out his YouTube. You know what? We're just gonna bring him on, my guy, Coach Coleman Ayers, by any means basketball. We're gonna bring it up right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on, my. What's up, man? Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. We appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. It's been a blessing what you've been, how you helped me out. And I know you have some gems. I know you have some things that can help all the viewers and listeners. So let's get right to it. Give us a back, yes, give us your background story. Give us your background story. Yeah, so um, grew up in Washington, D.C. Been playing basketball my whole life. Always was kind of like the the short white kid. So obviously that, that kind of breeds a in the basketball world that kind of breeds like a, a certain drive that you have to have to kind of stay on the court, especially in the DC area. I don't know um, for for those who are listening if if you guys are familiar with the DC area basketball scene, but it's probably I always argue that it's the toughest place to compete. It has the best hoopers, the best coaches, whatever. Um, in the world, not only the country, but in the world. So um, playing there, playing with a ton of great players, kind of just bred this consistent, like, fire under me of get better, get better, get better, get better. Um, started working on my own game a ton, you know, every morning, every night, whatever, that typical story of just grinding. Um, and that kind of, that that love for the game and love for the, the process of everything just kind of translated over to teaching others what I learned. So 15 years old, just doing a ton of research, um, doing a ton of just being on the court, working myself out, working some other guys out here and there, just like training with me, not even really thinking about what I was gonna do in the future. Um, next thing you know, I'm going to like an AAU tournament. I think it was before my junior year, maybe before my senior year. Um, and I was studying some film. Like I said, I was doing a ton of research, just whether it's online or reaching out to people or studying film. Um, so I put it in the iMovie and I just started like chopping it up a little bit just for my own sake. Like, all right, I think it was something like, I think it was a Steph Curry step back video. Um, that's kind of like the notorious first video that I ever made. Um, so <clears throat> started off with that, um, just kind of chopping it up for myself so I can watch it before my game and be like, all right, remember you do this or before work, I watch you do this. Um, next thing you know, I put it up on YouTube cause I was like, you know, why the hell not? It actually somehow got some traction. Not that I guess people started sending it to each other, whatever. Started posting a few more. Um, and then just started kind of taking off from there. Um, start, gave it kind of the attention to detail name and started to get some traction. And then kind of concurrently, I was starting to train some guys in the area. I was still like a, a senior in high school. So teammates were coming like 6 a.m., work out. We would work out together. And then some of my friends, I worked them out. Um, was going to go to college to play basketball so i had some d2 d3 offers um but i chose to go to university of miami where obviously i wouldn't be playing 
Um, I was going to walk on there, but but some stuff happened with that. Um, obviously, I wasn't going to be playing basketball, but I wanted to focus on teaching basketball and applying that love mm-hmm. to teaching, um, continuing to learn my trade, um, continue to learn about the human body, uh, how it moves, and, and, and specifically basketball, but really um, just in athletics in general. And I think that's probably the best decision I've ever made um, just because I've been so, so much freed up to um, really just learn, expand, start to train more and more. So at this point now, um, the online presence has, uh, has obviously kind of taken off, which I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have that. Um, yes, sir. Have probably 300,000 people. It's hard to quantify total, but 300,000 people yeah. worldwide that I can reach. And then um, I also train high schools, college pros, and the in the Miami and DC area, so that's kind of where it's gone. It's, it's, it's started definitely with some small beginnings and kind of by accident, but it's taken off, and, and I'm blessed to have it to where it's at now. Ah, man, you're right, man. It's definitely a blessing, like you said. You know, you, you know, a lot of times the best things happen on accident. You know, if you just stay your course and on, mm-hmm. you just you happen to meet someone that knows someone. And the next thing you know, you're playing yeah. a better position. You follow suit, you follow that position, and look at you now. You're popping like one of the best coaches on IG, YouTube. A lot of kids come to you. Nah, man, that's a that's a blessing, man. That's for real. Yeah. I always say So let's um so moving forward. Oh no, oh yeah, real, no, real quick, just like with the with the kind of accident stuff happening, I always say like if you just yeah. do you do what you love, like stuff is just gonna start to kind of unravel. Um, next thing you know, you're in somewhere that you never really thought. So, I mean, that's a great point. That's right, man. That's right. So, you said like by 15, you made the transition from player to more working out, like kind of studying the game more as a coach. Yeah. So, 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 like, what? Yeah, so I mean, I, I was still playing like at the time, but I was still playing at mm-hmm. the time, um, and but that's kind of when I started to see like the teaching side of things. And what made me so going back to your question, what made me do that was just seeing like I would say like I I played at probably one of the top high schools in the country. Um, at least during that time, it was like powerhouse. Like we were just talking about Jeff that you play with. Um, we had, I mean, pretty much the whole team is loaded up. So I'm not going to go too deep into that, but pretty much every player on that team was, was you know, a fantastic basketball player. Everyone that we played against was a great player. Um, everyone that I've been in the gym with since a youngin was a great player. And just seeing, like, those type of dudes, like, what makes them so superior on the basketball court and um, how can we reverse engineer that to – see what qualities they have and then see how we can coach that or train those things to elevate a normal person like myself game to that level. Um, also, once I started seeing results, like just training myself, once I started seeing results, it's kind of a cool feeling. Like, I'm sure you know it, just like you're working yeah. on your game. You take that next step, like, oh, wow, I wasn't able to do this like a couple of weeks ago or like you learn a new move or whatever it may be. Um, you get to that new level and it's just, it's, it's a rush and then, once I started having people that like naturally when you're working out so much and when you're doing something, people are going to get on board with it. So people would start to work yeah. out just with me. Like we were getting workouts together. Next thing you know, they're seeing results and it's like, 
that's that's even that was even better of a feeling for me is being able to take what I'm learning and 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 kind of give it to them and have them see results. Um, and then that's also it's you can do it on such a larger scale too. Like it's not just yourself. You're able to give these these pointers and these this coaching to so many people. So that's kind of what got me started going off on that path, even while I was playing. So, 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 so I want to know what it was. Your, so what was your, um, your driving point? Like what was your motivation like playing the sport of basketball? Obviously it's just, you know, it's, you know, it's, I love to play the game of basketball. I love getting better. But what was that? Was it your family? Was it, what was it that was driving you, motivating you to keep going hard, to keep learning? And to keep doing what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said, a lot of it just stemming from I didn't want to stop playing basketball, and um, like I said, like I was, I was always kind of counted out, not in the sense of like, well, I mean, yeah, in the sense of like shorter, unathletic, whatever. That that typical like, most teams have a guy like that where it's like, oh yeah, he's gonna sit on the end of the bench, whatever. And I, I personally, I have a lot of pride, so I never wanted to be just the guy that was there to be there like I wanted to be front and center I wanted to be the one that um had like would jump out on the court and, and just surprise you like personally it was it was that love for the game like I didn't want to stop playing and and all and really my only chance was just working my, my ass off to get to that college level which is kind of ironic that that never happened um but that's kind of like mm -hmm. what I was working for the whole time never happened but that process kind of got me started on where I'm at now, which is, which is a cool part about it. And then, um, also, like I said, I'm just, I'm a very prideful person. So like if I told my family, like, look, I'm going to, um, do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to play college basketball or whatever. If I told my friends that like, I'm the type of person that once I tell you something, I'm going to do it by any means, like regardless. Exactly. And that's how it got like that. Exactly. And how it kind of got that. Exactly. Because it's like, once yeah. you start like on that path, it just, if you give up from there, it's like you're going to have that in the back of your mind for the rest of your life. So that was kind of my thing. And I've always been someone who just enjoys the process of working hard. Like if I'm not doing something productive, sometimes I'll, I'll almost, even when I'm supposed to be chilling, sometimes I'll, I'll just feel like I'm not being productive or whatever. And that's, that kind of led me to yeah, right. really work myself, but that was kind of the third driving. Yeah. Thing. Definitely right. You definitely feel weird when you, you know, when you're used to just, going hard all the time yeah. and even though you have a break you just feel weird it's like nah you know what just <laughs> yeah. do this then you just mm -hmm. get some work on this end or something like that right. no nah, man definitely and that prideful thing and it seems like because there's two types of pride there's a pride that can decrease your progress and there's a pride that can elevate your progress yeah. and it seems like the type of pride that you had it always elevated your progress it wasn't more of a, a pride where you're trying to be cocky about it or whatever it's, it's more like a practice like yo i'm gonna push myself because i know who i am i know what i can do and so i'm gonna just keep going hard and i'm gonna let the people know by any means yeah, yeah for real hit it right on the head for real for real let's get to it next question now um i want to know um starting up in the beginning was it just you it was just you and then now you have a, a team with you or is it just still you and you create your own content right yeah right now it's just me it started off just me um and now like i i work with i mean i do a lot of my, 
my training with with my guy Joseph that I met down. He's actually from the DC area too. Came down to Miami, met mm-hmm. him. Um, so we do like a lot of clinics. We do a lot of like group workouts, whatever together. Um, so I do a lot of my my in person coaching with him, and then we also have like some some stuff online that we do like our our virtual training programs and stuff. We, we kind of work together on that. But in terms of body means, um, it's all me. I, I you know I do everything from creating the website to the to the content to training. So it's kind of like I, I definitely want to expand out, but right now I'm just I'm just going at it by myself, grinding. That's right, man. Sometimes you got to do it that way. I learned that way myself, you know. I had to, I didn't have no one to work out with me. You know, when I was going to URI, I was like, I wanted to be, I wanted to be the player, but I had to go work out on myself. I had no one yeah. my rebounds. And one thing I like about you and me, we're very similar because mm-hmm. I ended up training. The reason why I even got close to being on a team was because I was training the players. Like, I was just training all the players, and then they just started working out with me. And then the coaches were asking who you've been working out with, and they were sticking with me out because I work out. That's and dope. we just built a whole bond, and then Hell yeah. that's what really what happened. So, that's like, crazy. I definitely yeah, get – yeah, I def- it was crazy, man. It was definitely, like it, – it was funny because I wasn't even – I would go to the rec center. You know, like, I, I guess you guys have that um, university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the rec center where all the kids play basketball, just to break right. it up regular non-athletes right and I, I was going there all the time and the head manager happened to be there just that on accident right that head manager just happened to be yeah. there and i played against him and i started talking with him and he was like you know you're probably not gonna make the team this and that whatever and he said you could just be a manager and i was like you know what i could be a, if i become a manager i just i could be on a team and so yeah yeah man it, it just that's dope man, it just got crazy like that's crazy that's a per. that's like that perfect story of just how you continue to elevate and build up to it one thing i do wish i wish i did what you did and like recorded more stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. now <laughs> that's one thing but now yeah. now I'm, I'm recording more stuff and I'm, I'm understanding how to teach people you know through videos and how to show them because it's all about giving back and you've been giving back you was helping me you didn't even realize it <laughs> now look at this now. We're we're right here, and For real. come to find out, you're the teammate. You're you were a teammate of my best friend Jeff Dowling. That's crazy. It's like yeah, this. It's crazy, man. It's it's it's, it's actually it's a blessing, like you said. It is a blessing. For real, hundred percent. So I want to dissect like the kids that we have in this generation now. I mean, now it's like you know, there's videos all the time of kids working out. There's highlight tapes of. Everybody just makes a highlight tape. Anybody can have a highlight tape. Yeah. I'm sure you know when, when we were kids, like, if you had a highlight tape, it was because he was, like, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Like, he was a dog. So how do you – what would you say to the kids now? Like, how do you get them to kind of shift away from the social media presence and just, you know, just locking on their game? Because I just feel like that's a that's what's missing, you know. There's a lot of good players now. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good players now. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like, I don't know. When I was a kid and I saw these other players, they were just more raw. Like they didn't care about yeah. social media. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I've done a lot of debating just myself on this because, like, a lot it's, – it's a tough – it's a tough kind of predicament to be in because it's going to happen. Like, 
their basketball has become such a big business. High school basketball has become such a big business that those media outlets that are giving these these mixtapes and videos are, are they're going to be there. Um, and I do think it can be a benefit in some ways. Like um, guys are getting more exposure now than like like you're saying like when we um, were coming up when we were in high school, um, even middle school, but especially in high school, like it was tough to get that exposure if you weren't one of those really like top guys. Like if you weren't one of those dogs that's like getting the highlight videos, they're, they're getting all the news exposure, they're in the newspaper or whatever. Um, but now it's a little bit easier. And I think that's one good thing about this. And, and there's definitely ways to leverage that. Um, but the culture is definitely changing a little bit. Like I've had people that'll hit me up and be like, yo, let's work out. Be like, all right, say less. Like let's, let's get in the gym and then be like, can you get a cameraman in there though? And I'm like, dude, I've never worked out with you before. Like the, yeah. the only time that I get people filmed on camera is when I'm, I know that they're consistent with me. Um, when, when they understand that that is just a complete secondary thing to the actual work. Mm -hmm. and, and when I know that they have that kind of, um, that tunnel vision so that they're not getting distracted by the stuff that doesn't really matter in the end, which is the video stuff and getting all the cloud on social media. Um, so if I know that a dude is, is locked in, if I know that they understand the, the, the end vision, which is whatever goal we're working towards, um, you know, I'm cool with, with them posting on social media or whatever, but mm -hmm. there are times that it can be excessive. And I think as coaches and trainers and, and even parents, like we just have to continue to focus on making sure that players in this generation have the right things in their head. Um, keep them grounded. Cause I've talked to a lot of coaches about the same topic who have worked with, you know, really some of the top players in high school while they're, while they were in high school. And it, the main thing that they've said is just like, continue to humble them while they're in the gym, show them like, you're not shit yet. Like you're not in the NBA yet. You're not even in college yet for most of these guys. Um, and just continue to humble them and show them like so for example if if i have a if, if i have a video guy in the gym working with me most trainers or i'm not gonna say most but some trainers that i have seen some coaches that i've seen um will pretty much cater to that player's needs just throwing oops getting everything on camera mm -hmm. um really catering to their or i said needs catering to their strengths so that mm -hmm. everything will look good on camera personally obviously i'm i'm <laughs> this is a little bit too idealized because I'm, I have a different view than most of these players who just want to look good on social media. But um, personally, if, if I have a player and I have a, a like a video guy in there, a cameraman, I want to show them messing up. Like I want to show those struggles because in the gym, that's what we're aiming for. We're not aiming for everything to be perfect. And mm -hmm. that's kind of one thing to me is like, um, people are, are starting to try to be a little bit too perfect at times. Yes. Um, yes. A lot of people are doing it the right way. But a lot of people are trying to be too perfect. They're kind of losing that that kind of concept of, of that messing up is good and, and making mistakes is good in the gym because that's how we're going to get better. And yeah. that's another thing that, I can, that I've that i really seen a trend towards with, some, with such a change in the, the kind of social um, culture of basketball. Do you think um, we can change it, like bring it back to what it was before? I don't know if we can change it. I think we can kind of 
mitigate some of the negative effects i would say um because like mm -hmm. i said there are positive effects so people are going to yeah. see those and there's a lot of money in it now like basketball yeah. more than ever is becoming a very very dirty game on some level yeah so like it's getting very corrupt um there's a lot of there i mean the, the good thing about that is there's room for everyone in the business now like mm -hmm. whether you may not want to be a player you may not want to be a coach you may not want to be a trainer but there is there's so many options right now on how to stay close to the game of basketball and enter um the field is just it's it's insane and um that's why i don't see it being reversed but i do think that as so like the social like social media i guess becomes normalized i think players will start to hopefully focus a little bit more on you know the, yeah. of the game which is actually getting better making mistakes being locked in in that gym definitely man because you know I've, i see it here you know a lot of kids that they want the highlight tape mm -hmm. you know it could be it, it'll be a highlight tape within my practice it's like you know it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying like come on like you gotta let's just focus on grinding let's just focus on taking each step what's important because yeah the social media thing it is important but then again, it's not because yeah. there's, there's no camera on you when you're outside at 12 o'clock yeah. in the morning. There's no camera on you when you're outside grinding, when you're inside grinding. There's no camera on you. So you, yeah. I think we just got to, you know, get back a little bit to just acting as if the cameras aren't there. It's like yeah. now we act like we got to act a certain way because the cameras are here. No, just be yourself and do what you got to do and be a killer. Yeah. And one thing I always say is like, if you're really focusing on what on what's important like just locking in staying in the gym you're gonna get that that attention once you get to college or once you get even some players who are blessed to, to play professionally once you get to that level that attention is going to come because that's your job or that's like you're you're on that pedestal because you're playing in college or whatever so it's a little bit of patience there like just have patience like Right now, just focus a little bit more on locking in the gym. It's going to pay off in, in the sense that once you get to college, that's when you're going to get that attention that you may be craving right now or, or even on the professional level for some. Mm -hmm. Still speaking on, on social media, how how important is it to make sure, like for kids who are, college, who are basketball players who want to pursue high school basketball, college basketball, playing professional, how important is it to maintain your social media and make sure everything's clean, you're not doing anything wrong? Like the emphasis with coaches, like how how important is it? Like do coaches check on you like all the time? Like can you put some emphasis on that to the viewers? Yeah, I mean, every player that I that I train, like my high school guys, um, especially on Twitter, like I know Twitter has become probably like i'm sure players used to get emails and, and phone yeah. calls and stuff but now it's just like you get the dm on twitter from a coach i've played i've seen players get essentially offered through twitter and if you're out there retweeting like some some stuff that coaches shouldn't be seeing then that's probably not smart because obviously they're going to follow you they see that um and i think people coaches say it a lot but i don't think players realize enough how much um, character plays into the recruiting process and mm -hmm. they're seeing a lot through, through social media for better or for worse and if, if you're if you're making your social media not on the highest standard um and not keeping it up keeping it clean whatever um 
coaches will see that. And and they they're most players that are getting recruited by schools, they come a dime a dozen. And there's like a, a, a something that's making them stand out. But it's like we were talking about basketball is is a dirty business these days. And if they see one thing, you're out. It, it's it sucks, but like that simple mistake can can cause you a scholarship. And this is it's never worth it. To, to have like a like a tweet or an Instagram story or um, mm-hmm. even something worse than that or, or on a higher scale and that costs you a scholarship or going to a school that you would like to go to or a relationship with a coach, you know, like, so I think it, it's definitely important um, to keep it, to hold it to a standard and, and just be smart. That's all, that's all yeah. I really say. Yeah, man, level of professionalism. If you want to be a professional, you got to like a professional right now. Yeah. And we can't, right. you know, some kids, they get lost in it, you know, they start posting stories mm-hmm. and, then they're, and then they're posting, you know, the private stories. And it's just like, man, if you can't post yeah. it on your normal story, then you shouldn't have a private story. If you have a private story, yeah. that means you shouldn't be doing what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, that's how I learned it, <laughs> yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so let's, let's move on to like basketball. So how important is attention to detail? Those are the videos I've seen that you do like attention to detail. How important is that, like, to to become one of the best players? How important is basically the fundamentals of basketball? Not all the moves, but the fundamentals, because now it seems like we're getting to like everybody wants to do a lot of moves, but no one's understanding. If I come down the court having a different level of pace and speed, that's gonna get me by my defender as opposed to coming down the court and doing a million moves yeah. and not getting nowhere. Yeah, so I mean, I, I always preface this kind of concept or this, this topic by um, by saying, like a lot of the top players, a lot of the, the most elite players that you've seen, um, at least at the high school level, like everyone has a player that they play with that's like one of the best kids in the area. Um, they barely work out. They they, they mm-hmm. just have that natural talent, and yeah. you're like, all right, well, if he can if he can get by and become one of the best players in the area or the country or make it to D1 college without um, without really working out, pay attention to the tech, to the fundamentals, the attention to detail, like you're saying, um, then I can do it. But not everyone has been, has been gifted with that same amount of talent. And it's, to me, it's about maximizing your potential and, and your ceiling rather than comparing yourself to, it, it's not a uniform process. Like it's not, um, proportional. If I put this much work in or this much attention to detail into it, I'm going to be this good. It's not like mm-hmm. that. So regardless of who you are, the pros, every pro that I've worked with, that I've talked to, that I've, I've even hooped with, they're on a different level in terms of how they understand the game, how they think, and how they think about the work that they're putting in. Um, you always see, like, I've, I've hardly seen a pro who is just out there bullshitting doesn't put put in work doesn't take care of their body um at least to to some extent most of the time it's really impressive how much they care and how much attention to detail they have throughout their training so i think as a high school player or a younger player um kind of reaching that potential is is only really done through the attention detail focusing on on the foundations and and the um, the most basic techniques and building up and, and really just staying in the gym and doing it the right way. Because um, if you think about it, those top players, 
who are right now, I guess, like top players in the area, like I was saying, and, and they're not putting in that work. Imagine how good they could be if they were putting in that work um, and, and really paying attention <laughs> to detail. So, yeah. exactly. And, and a lot of those players you will see will be the ones that become busts or they go to the college level and then they transfer a couple times and then they kind of just, you know, end up at like a, a school that you probably wouldn't expect them to. And, and it sucks to see that a lot of the time, but um, people really just still see them at the high school level and see that they're not putting in much work. And they're like, all right, well, mm-hmm. that's how everyone does it. And it's more to me about maximizing potential. And the only way that's done is through attention to detail um, and building up those foundations and, and really being in the gym the right way. So besides going to the gym, obviously all the time to become a better basketball player, would you say like film is one of the most important things to becoming a better basketball player? Because I feel like we're getting, I feel like, you know, kids and some some of my teammates, like like they, when they got to college, it's like they're playing in a game, right? After the game, some of them weren't as hungry to watch the film of the game mm-hmm. and the film of their game and dissect, oh, I did this wrong, I need to do this. And I, I didn't really see that many people do that. Like I, A couple of my teammates did. But those are yeah. the ones that are committed. And then the other, I would say, seven or eight was like, you know, I'm just going to go to practice. Whatever the coach shows me, I'm going to see it, and I'm going to repeat the same process. Can you talk about how film is, how important that is, especially yeah. understanding at a young age? Yeah, so I, I think the more, the higher levels that you that you look at, the more people or the more players will watch film. And um mm-hmm. And I think the the more actually they'll do it independent from their coaches because everyone like yeah. you know, high school, college, they'll bring in a team meeting, watch film. People are dozing off. Like it gives you some kind of benefit in terms of like the team concepts. Get you get called out here and there, but it it really takes a full like you have to sit down and always like you can do this by yourself one hundred percent. Just sit down and, and watch your film and just analyze everything. Um, and what you can do better because when you're in a basketball game, you're not really fully mentally there. Like you're not thinking about everything mm-hmm. consciously. The game moves so fast that you're going to, um, they're going to be things open in the game that you don't even see. And unless you go back on film and see where these trends are, or let's say like I'm shooting a pull up and my left foot is like slightly turned outwards and I'm, I'm doing that every time, you're not going to notice that in a game when you mm-hmm. go back and watch film and you notice that and you realize that that's throwing off your balance and making you fade a little bit to the left, that's when you're going to be able to take that, reevaluate, get in the gym, make that minor fix. Next thing you know, you may be shooting a game winner with that same concept and you fixed it. And that's where someone who has watched the film made that simple fix is, is going to make that shot or have a better chance of making that shot than someone who has just, left those bad habits in so you can work all you want you can be in the gym all you want um but mm-hmm. if you're really committed you, you have to be able to reevaluate your own game and the only way to do that is you can rely on someone else to do it but you're never going to see it yourself unless you're like all right look i want to sit down and watch this film you can get your coach you can get your trainer to do it whatever but just one-on-one or just you and yourself sit down watch film take notes um and just notice what is going wrong and what's going well and you can keep taking advantage of the things that are going well 
Um, but it's, it's it's really just helpful to take that step back and understand your game on a, on a wider level, I think. Yeah, that's right. Because essentially, that's how, you know, progress works. And not only in basketball, but in life, you know. We, we learned it in school, but we think basketball or whatever we're trying to do is something separate. And we don't realize how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so yeah. if you're not paying attention right. in class and trying to study and get better in class, in basketball, you probably say, you know, I could just work out because it's easy. But yep. if you're not studying your game and understanding, you're not really getting anywhere. It's like you're just at the same place that you just started. Yeah. So I, I just wanted you to put some emphasis on film because I have yeah. a lot of basketball players that are watching this. And I know, like, film is probably might be the last thing on your list. Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely. and that has to be probably top three, if not number one thing on your list before you even go outside and work on your game. Yeah. Definitely. Moving on. 100%. What are what would you say? What would you say is the um like the what's the characteristics of a professional basketball player? Man a uh, female or a man? Like what is a the skills, what is the characteristics that they have? Like you you've been around a lot. So can you give yeah. us the character characteristics that they have so these guys can learn? These women, yeah, these I girls think, can learn. I think I think I'm gonna take it off the basketball court and look at it and from a more zoomed out perspective in terms of like the whole person. I think people kind of see the word professional basketball player, see like the, the idea of a professional basketball player and look at it as they're just playing basketball on a high level. Like, no, this is a professional basketball player. When you hear the word professional and anything else, it's like, I'm going to be professional dress or professional whatever. It's holding yourself to a certain standard. And professional mm-hmm. basketball players, for the most part, are ones who are able to hold themselves up to that standard, not only on the basketball court, obviously they're great basketball players, but they're able to be professional or professional in their interactions. Like, I've, met, I've hardly met professional basketball players who, who are just complete, like, they don't network with anyone, they don't, you know, build relationships with people. They always kind of have that understanding not always again so there are some people who, who just make it there and, and purely off the talent but for the most part um they they build relationships because they understand that one especially well not everyone's gonna make the nba period um and you know, can we tell them that again can we tell all the viewers that can we tell the people that <laughs> not can everyone again? not everyone will make the nba and it's it's a harsh reality but it's a very very small chance that a basketball player will make the NBA. Even if you're at the professional level, if you're in the G League, if you're playing overseas, you still need to be building these relationships. Um, one, because you never know when someone could have an opportunity for you in another country or another league, whatever. Two, it goes back to what you were saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it's just holding yourself up to the standard of like, I'm going to be the best person I can be, not only on the basketball court, but how I interact with people. That's just how I've seen it for the most part. Um, that also kind of, you know, carries over to nutrition and, and taking care of your body. And um, you hear a lot of players who will be like, uh, I didn't really realize how important it is to get in the weight room, take care of my body, um, eat right until I got to that professional level. And that's because they have other professionals mm-hmm 
who are teaching them that and they're leading by example and are building those relationships and being like, look, man, it's what you got to do. Um, and at that point, it, everything just takes off. You're, you have more longevity because once your body stops functioning at that same level, you can't make money off this game anymore directly, like playing at least. So um, there is a clock. And that's that's another thing that I've seen is that players, professional players for the most part, will realize that and try to extend that clock by eating right, taking care of their body. Um, and then the last thing I'd say is just they're, they're very cerebral. Like every time I work with a, a pro player versus a high school player, even when they're like a, a pretty engaged, intelligent high school player, the pro player is so much easier to work with. Like, like that learning curve, like you tell them something, boom, they pick it up. Um, and you can tell like some of the college guys that, that I've worked with in the past, that I work with now, like you can tell that they're going to be professionals just by how they learn when I'm working them out or when when they're in a pickup game and I give them a piece of advice or we're watching film and I give them a piece of advice and like, oh, OK, like I get that. They may ask me a question about it and continue that conversation. Whereas if I tell another guy something or another girl something, they'll just be like, they'll just kind of accept me back. OK, I get it. I get it. They don't apply it, whereas the professional will take it digest it and then and then use that to elevate their game so it's just a couple qualities that i've that i've really noticed and speaking on that like can you stress uh you know asking questions because I, you know you know like a lot of people don't want to ask questions it's kind of hard for <laughs> them to you know uh why is it you got to do this because they don't want to be embarrassed they don't want to sound like they're dumb and we don't realize that, hey, man, if you want to be good at something, you have to ask questions. Yeah. And if that's what you really want, you have to ask questions. You have to mm -hmm. understand it. There's not enough questions being asked now. No. It's no. more, I can, I know this because I've seen him do it. So, yeah. you know what? Freak all that. I can do it my way. Like, how, what can we stress the importance of, like, asking questions? especially with this game of yeah. basketball because there's a lot of questions that have to be answered yeah and and the, the two things that i like about asking questions one it tells me that a player is engaged like if they mm -hmm. if they just look at me give me that blank stare or even like okay i got you um a lot of the time they won't do it because they don't fully understand it even if you are fully doing it sometimes like I'll, i would rather have a player understand a concept that i'm telling them and still ask me just because like it shows me that they're engaged um mm -hmm. and then two it, it shows me that they they are looking for something deeper like um personally i whenever i learn something whenever I'm, I'm trying to learn something i'm studying something whatever i always try to find some questions about the topic just for the sake of looking deeper into something so if i tell a player about a technique i'm not perfect i'm not going to tell you everything about this I may forget something. I may not see something that you see. Um, and, and when you're like, when you clarify that, or when you search on that deeper level for a question and for something that can be observed even deeper, then not only does that tell me that you're engaged, it also helps you learn better and, 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 and absorb everything better and, and understand the game on a deeper, deeper level. So questions, huge, um, and, and the players that ask questions are the ones that I see the big, biggest improvements in, at least, like, most of the time, I would say. Yeah, definitely. So, 
I always, you know, when I'm training kids here in Rhode Island, I know I'm always telling them that, you know, the 60 people that make the draft, those 60 guys, yeah, they may have connections, but those 60 guys, they all have something in common. And I've attended those that they, they work really hard. Like when I was reading on Buddy Hill when he was in college, mm-hmm. that story of Buddy Hill and I would shoot like 400 shots with the same manager before a game and on off mm-hmm. days, like players like that. Can we, let's talk about how in high school, in college, it's very different because in high school, your coach is gonna be more on you about, yeah. you know, working out, getting better. Because they obviously, you know, high school, the coaches want to win a high school championship. As opposed to college, a, a college coach would be like, you know, if you're not going to work on your game, sorry, I have, I have these yeah. other 14 guys that, you yeah. know, that we got just like you. So can we talk more about that right there? Yeah, I th- and I think, um, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Everything that's like facts, at least, especially once you get to college, the guys that are, putting in more work or at least more efficient work are ones that are probably more likely to make it to that next level. Um, Mm -hmm. But the one thing that that I've kind of, that I want to emphasize on on this topic is just finding people that will push you. Um, Mm -hmm. And kind of quick story, this this had literally happened like a couple hours ago. Um, So during this whole thing, I've worked with one player down here in Miami, um, one of my favorite players to work with. And he's during the quarantine, just like pretty much been chilling. And um, I hadn't been talking to him much, but he's he's just been sitting on on the Xbox or on his PS4 or whatever, um, pretty much just chilling. Next thing you know, I pair him up with another player who I know is going to work hard. And we've been going at it three weeks straight. The dude is more engaged than I've ever seen him before. And he comes to me today and because he's leaving for college soon, he's like, like, how do I find someone that's going to push me when I get to college? And he's like, he's kind of worried about it. And I'm like, dude, well, one, I'm, I'm extremely happy that you're realizing that this, the importance of finding someone that's going to push you. Um, mm-hmm. And two, like, if you find those like-minded individuals and, and ones that are, are going to be able to hold you up to, to standards that you set for yourself, um, it's going to, it's going to help you take off. Like everyone... Can we can all say like, oh, we will go to the gym by ourselves. It, it, you know, late at night and get shots up. That's great, but it's a lot better when you have someone like, yo, let's go to the gym, and then you're like, ah, I don't really feel like it. It's like, no, nah, we're getting up. We're gonna go to the gym right now. Um, that's gonna be a lot more productive, and there's gonna be a lot more longevity in that. And then you just trying to be self motivated. So find someone that that's kind of a like minded person, like minded player, willing to push you. And that you're willing to push them. And I think um, that's just going to be come down to, you know, re- reaching out to people. Because um, <laughs> he was like, he was like, yo, like, how do I find someone like that? And I'm just like, yo, just hit people up. Be like, let's go, let's go work out. He's like, I feel like I'm going to get rejected yeah. a lot. To people I can be like, nah. Like, and also at that college level, like, if you ask someone to go to the gym and, 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 and go work out and you're pushing someone and they're, they don't want to be pushed, they probably shouldn't be at that level anyways. Like most people who have made it to a higher yeah. level in college will be willing. They just need that push sometimes. They need that push to get off the Xbox sometimes and get in the gym or, or be like, yo, let's watch film like two days a week just to start. Um, and, and that extra 
push that you have from other people is huge. And um, if you don't have that, sometimes you can kind of get caught up. Even if you're a motivated person, um, sometimes you can mm-hmm. kind of get caught up in the in the whole thing of you know slacking off and just find people that are going to push you and just kind of roll with that. And removing that pride too, right? Because you know, yeah. again, you know that it's it seems like pride does it gets away of a lot of basketball yeah. players because basketball and pride they kind of they go hand in hand. It's like you know, some people are cocky and some people you know, yeah. I'm not gonna ask them that. And I don't really I worry about yeah, exactly. myself and so so how do you how would you like you said this kid's about to go to college, right? Yeah. Um, how do you how do you switch the mentality to understand that hey when you go to college this is more yeah it's about you but it's really more about the team and what you can do to help the team because in high school you know, if you're the best player on the team it's, you know it's about you unless you go to powerhouse schools and you're playing against other powerhouse schools that are basically like colleges but yeah. most of the part some of the top players they come from the school where they're just the best player on the team and so yeah. how do you like how do you like form that mindset, shift that mentality that, hey, I'm going to college, it's not going to be about me as much as I want it to be? Yeah, I think you have to put it in perspective to them. Um, <clears throat> if you're having, well, one, have that conversation. If you're a coach, trainer, mm-hmm. um, if you're a, a teammate of someone and, and, and they've been talking about, you know, the transition to college, have that conversation with them um, of, of what's going to change. And I, the thing that I always say is, take the best players from around the area, whatever area you may be in, um, and put them together on one team. <clears throat> how many shots do you think you would get on that team? Because that's exactly how college is going to be. It's not going to be like high school where you're just mm-hmm. around a team and you're getting by because you take a bunch of shots and because you have such um, a long leash to do whatever. You're going to be kind of re-entered re, like, into that system where you have to build yourself up. Um, and I think it, 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 like I was talking about earlier, just humbling players, humbling um, yourself. Um, and, and once you get a player to realize that they're going to have to go through all these struggles again, I mean, some of them have been the best player on the team since freshman year of high school. And that's a tough case because mm-hmm. they've never had to go through that unless they're going to walk into a school and be the best player. But even then, that, that's, that's rarely going to happen. So understanding, like, look, you're – you're going to have some struggles. Um, don't just struggle and then transfer out like a lot of guys do these, these days. Like, push Oof, through it. It's going crazy. You have to, it's, no, man, it's like I could get on a whole run <laughs> about that. But um, push through it, you know, like understand that, that – and give them examples too. Like Buddy Heald, um, like you just mentioned him earlier, dude worked himself up from a guy who I, I don't know his stats like freshman sophomore year but he worked himself up every year it was like a consistent improvement there are so many examples of these guys who came in college they averaged like four points a game i mean even at the pro level look at kobe like all these guys that they it's such a rare case when someone just steps into a, a, a position on a team and averages 20 points a game that mm-hmm. players have to understand that the way basketball works and the way the world works is you're not always going to have that that long leash and you're not always going to have that um just ability to step in and, and average 20 shots a game like you're going to have to take that progression you're going to have to switch your mindset i think having that conversation yeah. with is, is the biggest thing rather than just be like oh man you're going to go kill it next year like 
yeah, you might kill it next year, but you killing it maybe you averaging four points a game, locking up on defense and working for playing time. Um, so mm-hmm. th- that conversation, that dialogue is really key. And speaking on transferring, I mean, listen, I just, this, there's a lot of transfers going around. Another conversation, like, how do you explain to them that sometimes transferring is good, I get it, you know, maybe you went to long school, things aren't working out. But it, it seems like people don't want to go through that struggle of, all right, I just went on this team, I'm the seventh man, I'm not going to. You know, instead of working my way up to be in the starting rotation or even playing a lot of minutes, I'm going to sulk and be upset yeah. and then just transfer the next year because he doesn't see what I can do. Like, how do you how do you talk to someone like that? How do you get them to understand? Like, like oh, you, it's, it's a grind. You have to push yourself and you have to aim to be in that spot, that starting spot. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's this is a tough case because I've never really successfully – dealt with someone who's been in this scenario but one i would say a lot of this is like social media related not a lot of i mean shit it it might be because transfer transfer portal is as concentrated as it's ever been right around the time where social media is becoming really prevalent um and i think it's because players don't get that same level of love when you're averaging four points a game as a freshman and back in the day, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm still young, so I, I can't speak on this directly. But my thoughts would be like, your people, players understand like you're you're gonna have to work your way up, and they're not seeing like the, these top guys so readily scrolling down social media and seeing um, freshmen averaging 20 points a game. Like that's that's a rare case. But nowadays, it's not as rare. I mean, it it probably is as rare, but it's you're just seeing it more, you know, on your timeline on Instagram or whatever. Um, And I think the the important thing to help them understand is like you have time. Like four years, um, a lot can change in four years. And Mm -hmm. football is a little bit different. And I I bring it up. I bring up football because I have a lot of friends. I don't train any football players, but I have a lot of friends and, and, and people that, you know, I went to school with who they, they're football recruits and they redshirt a year. They barely play one year, barely play the next year. And by their junior year, they're kind of playing senior year. They kill it and they're an NFL prospect. And yeah. that's because I think that's partly because the NCAA, you're allowed to go one and done. So even if you're a mid-major guy and you're seeing guys like, Zion Williamson or, or, you know, any of these players who are at these blue blood schools or the top schools, you're seeing like, oh, they're the same age as me and they're going to the NBA. I'm at a mid-major school averaging four points a game. You just have to understand that you're in the, you're the norm, not them. And mm-hmm. yeah. the more work you can put in, the more work you, you put in and, and the more you trust that process. Because a lot of guys just check out of the process early. Like they get in, they're yeah. big minutes. Maybe coaches also probably have something to do with this where they're promising more than they can deliver um, in terms of like a player's role. But you've got to understand that you don't have the right to play a ton your freshman year. And once you understand that and, and realize that like just you can stay locked in and really continue to elevate every year, um, I think that's, that's the key right there. Definitely, man. That's from everyone. That's from a coach's perspective, you know. 
when I talk about, I'm talking from a player's perspective because mm -hmm. I wanted, I always wanted to get a scholarship. I worked mm -hmm. all my life, but I ended up getting it my senior year of college basketball. So, you know, I'm seeing a lot of transfers. I see people who are younger, I'm seeing all these players transfer, like grind it out, go through it, you know, go through the paint, challenge yourself because that's an even bigger challenge. Like going yeah. to a school where, you know, you don't get the minutes that you wanted and you work, 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 and then you finally get all that you deserve. That's a better feeling. But I, I you know, I get it. Sometimes you might have to leave and sometimes there are problems, but most of the time, it's not really like that. I mean, I don't know how many kids you know that go into a college and they're starting problems with the coach. Like, yeah. you, you, you know, it's, it's rarely like that. It's and if rare they, cases. If they have problems, if they have problems with the coach, then it may be they're inflicting those problems because they're frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You got to take a look at it from, you got to take a look in the mirror first before you blame mm -hmm. anyone else. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So if I'm, you know, a 10-year-old kid, I'm watching your videos. Like, if you're a 10-year-old kid, if you could start over your 10-year-old kid, yeah. how would you go into the process of getting better without a coach? Like, how would you do it? Step-by-step -step process, how would you do it? Yeah, so I think number one is just do your research, get educated, because a lot of, a lot of players look for the simple like fix, like what drills are going to help me, what exercises are going to help me. Um, mm -hmm. They kind of look at it from a little bit too simplistic of a level, which is understandable because if you're a young kid, if you're young and like, you're not going to be sitting like educating yourself on everything that I educate myself on. So, but with that being said, understand the concepts more than like drills you should do or exercise you should do or whatever. Um, so that you can create your own workouts and you can um, do things self-sufficiently rather than having to have a coach because not everyone's going to have access to a coach. And that's one of the reasons mm -hmm. I do what I do is because I want to bring that top level of training, that pro level training to everyone. But you guys have response. You guys, me, players have responsibility to educate yourself so this information will become more digestible because I can only put it on so like there's a certain level that if I go any more simple than that, you're not getting kind of the full um, information. And the more that you can understand concepts, like understand um, how to evaluate yourself as a player, how to look at yourself and then decide what you need to work on, how you can come up with drills on your own rather than searching up YouTube on YouTube drills for so-and-so because um, everyone's different. Um, the more you can think critically about stuff and that all just comes with educating yourself, um, talking to people, asking questions, um, understanding how basketball works. And that's partly why my training became on myself became so effective. Um, is and why I saw so many benefits in my own game and other people's game, but it's because I would educate myself before I applied anything rather than, you know, being like, what what drill should I do um, to become the best basketball player I can? Because you're different than every other basketball player on the planet. And mm -hmm. if you are looking for a one-size-fits-all kind of thing, 
you may get it, but it's not going to be the right thing. It's, it, it, everything has to be specific, and the only way to do that is to be educated, at least to a certain extent, kind of baseline level of understanding, and then being able to think critically and apply it yourself. So what would you say, like, in the scenario you're growing up, you know, you're around 18, you want to go to college, like, can you tell the viewers what the college coaches are looking for in a college basketball player? Like, what are they looking for? Because I think yeah, we sometimes, so, we sometimes lose sight of the things that they're really looking for, on things that they really just don't care about. Yeah. So I think there, there's definitely kind of a baseline or a prerequisite level of just talent like um a lot of a lot of you know there's always like the the saying I, i'm i say it myself too it's like talent really is secondary to like character or whatever but if you don't have that talent um you're not going to get recruited in the first place but if you have that talent let's say you're you're um you've been working your ass off you know you you, you built yourself up and you're able to compete and point being just to kind of save like a, a, a longer rant is um, don't be realistic and don't try to get recruited by schools that you're not going to have the level of talent to get to. And that, that's a kind of a look in the mirror like, all right, I'm a mid-major player. I probably shouldn't be focusing on how to get recruited by Coach K. Um, so understand that you're probably going to end up somewhere in your talent level. But aside from that, um, you have to do the little things very well and it's kind of cliche but it's cliche for a reason like coach there there are so many players out there at every aau tournament the coaches are sitting around the gym and there are so many players in front of their eyes that you have to understand what's going to differentiate you and a lot of these things will be the little things like if you come up and size someone up and just cook someone that's going to get their eye but there's there's kind of that gray area between getting a coaches it, their their attention and then actually converting that into an offer. So, and the coaches that I've talked to, um, whether it's high school coaches who have great connections with college coaches or college coaches themselves, or players have been through the recruiting process. Um, it's like leadership, character, and having those professional qualities that I've talked about. So, um, being vocal on the court being holding yourself to a high standard in terms of your demeanor not always like you have a turnover and just like so look at the ground like hit yourself because in college if you don't see the top college players doing that you don't see them having a turnover um committing a turnover and just like sulking and you know getting mad at themselves no they're like they may give like a quick clap look at the coach for a little bit because they're kind of scared and then just get back on defense yeah. and focus in on that next possession. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's, so yeah. Yeah. You have, the co coaches are looking for that while you're while they're recruiting you. They're not. It's not something that they're gonna want to have to train you to do when they come in. So, um, little things, demeanor, um, definitely defense. I would I would say like, all oh, this is provided that you have some mm -hmm. offensive skill set, but defense is like. That's one thing that if, if you and another player are competing for an offer, um, the better defender is likely going to win. If all things held constant, um, because defense at the next level is such a, an emphasis, at least for most programs. Um, mm -hmm. So really all the little things that ironically we don't train for, 
on the, even myself, like I, I probably don't train my players to be better defenders than us. And because it's not the glamorous stuff, but those are the things that colleges are looking for. And, and the quicker you kind of understand that, the quicker you can add those and, and train yourself to, to, to allow coaches to see that. Yeah, I think with defense too, you know, I do see that a lot, you know, a lot of workouts and there's not really as much defense involved. But one thing I've learned, because I'm, I'm truly a, a defender, like I love to play defense. Yeah. I think that was another reason. <laughs> that was another reason why I was, you know, I was able to be on the team because I was yeah. willing to play the starting point guard full court. That's what I wanted to do. Defense, I've learned that defense is more about, you know, your pride. Like, do, do you want to – it's like it's, it's inside. It's not something you can really yeah. teach. You can't really – you can learn steps to, you know, close out and stuff. But when it comes down to yeah. it, defense, it's really about what's inside. Like, do you not want that person to score? How hard do you yeah. want to work? Because that's really what it is. And kids forget that. Like, you think it's just about scoring the pass and, like, taking a charge. I realized taking a charge is one of the best things to do. It's like, that's oh, probably yeah. one of my favorite plays in basketball. Not even, it's not even like hitting a three, like taking a charge on someone and knowing yeah, they're going to get the ball back. Yeah, like, that's, that's a great feeling. We kind of lose, you know, we kind of lost sight on like how important defense is. Because if you can play defense on anybody, you can play anywhere. Oh, you just yeah. got to build your yeah, offensive fun. skills. Yeah, definitely. 100%. So, if you had, like, what are some lessons in this journey that you're in right now? What are some lessons that you can say, like, your life lessons that you learned that you can give to the viewers and the listeners? Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. Um, because you know everyone everyone hasn't been able to have their crazy life as much without a lot of time in the crib so um one thing especially right now is just is patience understand that in today's like society where everything is moving a thousand miles per hour it's going to seem like everything should be more accelerated than it is and understand that we have time and if we don't get to a spot that we want to get to there may be something else coming behind that that is even better. Um, and pretty much like this is how I, I, the main example I can use in my own life is just like I put in all that work to play college basketball, literally put ten, tens of thousands of hours into it. Um, that was my one dream as a kid, play college basketball. Next thing you know, um, it's not really the ideal situation for me. You know, I was I was not happy about that. I was devastated for a little bit. Next thing you know, I guess three years later, I'm looking back on it and thinking like this, that was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. And that process that I spent, you know, working towards that goal transferred even better to something else. So if you're working on something right now, and you don't get there, or if you don't get there in, in time, and, and it takes longer than you would expect, that could be a blessing in disguise just because, one, you could take even longer to to know or to learn the things that you need to learn to, to really succeed in that, in that goal or position or whatever you're aiming for. And two, because sometimes what you have in mind is not the best. Um, goal for or not the best position for you and 
you know, the, the, the quote, like everything happens for a reason. It's, I always kind of struggle with that because I feel like some things don't happen for a reason. Like some things are mm-hmm. not fair. So we have like, yeah. you know, why are some things like, there's a lot of messed up stuff going on in the world. And some of these things like don't happen for a reason, but I do believe there's a lot of value in understanding that um, if you don't get that first choice of what you want to do, or, or of a, if you don't reach that goal and you've given everything to it, understand that that's not the end all be all and something coming behind that may be and is likely to be probably in many cases the better outcome in the long run and just continue to have patience if you don't reach a goal reach that next goal if you don't if you don't get to a yes, certain sir. spot get to that next spot and and just okay. continue to move on you know take like i would I, I, this is probably one of my favorite quotes ever like everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth and you're going to get punched in the mouth and you've got to reevaluate and understand that you have time to get to where you want to be and um that's probably the main lesson that, that i can really test to and that i really like talking about with, whether it's a basketball player or whatever your profession may be that's kind of the, the main thing that i'm i've really been focusing on lately yeah, man. Thank you for that, man. Thank you for real, because you are at, you know, you're at, at the highest point right now. You're going to go even higher. And to hear that for someone like that. you, for people like me and other kids and other males, other females, other people are listening. I know they're struggling right now. They feel like mm-hmm. they're down and they're, they're doubting themselves. They don't understand. It's not working. They're getting punched in the mouth. They're not reevaluating that right there yeah. reevaluating yourself and just moving on to the next goal man thank you thank you for for real thank you for being on the show thank you for giving us your perspective sure. as a trainer and a coach man let let them know yeah yeah all your handles what the fall you on what to pay attention to let them know let definitely. the viewers know right now definitely well first thank you man for having me probably one of the if not my most favorite part podcast I've been on. So appreciate appreciate the opportunity. Um, definitely get it definitely get another round in another podcast coming up. Um whenever whenever you'd like to have me back on whatever I'm saying. Um but, yes, uh, but in terms of where you can find me, Instagram, by any means basketball. Um you can follow my personal page at Coleman Harris. Um the YouTube is uh by any means basketball, same thing. Twitter pretty much you can just search up Binding means basketball, um, and then just just stay tuned. I got a lot coming, especially once this this coronavirus stuff ends. I got a lot, you know, set up. Yeah. Hopefully, we're actually this summer. I was supposed to go around um, a couple different cities in the U.S. and then also a couple internationally. Um, just run some camps. But, Come to Providence. Oh hell yeah! I would love Come to. Come to Providence, I man. Love to. I got. To. Come to Providence. I will for sure. I'll be up there, and um, whenever this stuff ends, just I'll be. You know, traveling around, hopefully, try to try to get some some stuff done in, in different places so I can really cast that net and work with as many people as possible. But until then, keep just following. Um, you know, I'm going to keep putting out as much as I can to help you guys. And, and to I always say, like, kind of end with this. Um, it, when you it's, it's like I can never remember the exact quote, but like when when you when you feed a man a fish, he eats for one day when you teach a man to fish, he eats for his life. 
And that's kind of what mm. I what I try to do is just teach people how to not fish. Obviously, that would be definitely a, a different perspective on the binding means basketball stuff. But um, teaching them how to understand the game of basketball, how to get better, how to train themselves and others, so that I don't have to be there in front of you to to train you, and that you can be there on your own, still get that same level of work in. So follow for that. Um, other than that. Just stay tuned, and I appreciate you, man. Once again, much love. Anytime, man. We know we're gonna listen, man. We're gonna get more, get you more on some episodes. Hell yeah. Death got to do a collab mm-hmm. for sure, man. Thank you again. God bless you, bro. This is by any means basketball, everyone. Get it by any means, you know. Yes, sir. So thank you again. Yes, sir. God bless you. The man access retro you destiny too, X by any means basketball. Have a great day. I'm gonna hit you up. Thank you, man, again. All love, brother. All right, bro. Be safe. You too.